This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. Here with my guy, Cordell Woodland, the Ravens reporter on 105.7 The Fan and host of Shaking It Up Sports. And we know that the Ravens lost to the Jaguars. Uh, We already talked about how Cordell and I uh, thought that that was going to happen. We talked about this um, after when we did our breakdown for um, the rest of the season. We believed that the Ravens were probably going to lose three, maybe four more games down the stretch. And unfortunately, we both agreed that the Jaguars was the problem, was one of the problems. Got that out the way. So. Let's talk about where they're going to be, you know, moving forward. There's not going to be many changes, Cordell. And I think that people have to come to the realization that whatever happens at this point, I think just you got to the Ravens are going to stick with what they already have. If anything changes, I don't think anything will happen until um, the offseason. But in terms of what this offense has done and and who they are, they've completely regressed from what we saw, you know, just a month ago. At one point, Lamar Jackson won player of the month. Like, it feels like that that was a lifetime ago. And, yes, a lot of things have happened since then. You lost Rashard Bateman. Uh, Mark Andrews had had some injuries. Now you're without um, Ronnie Stanley again. Um, And then you did get some guys back in the run game, particularly Gus Edwards, but you did lose J.K. Dobbins. So while they ascended from a running standpoint, they have absolutely scaled back from a passing perspective. And you're starting to see people once again having conversations about passing concepts with this offense. Uh, Dan Orlovsky from ESPN uh, had something on his Twitter page regarding a play that they had. And he said he couldn't understand that this was poor scheme or the execution. Someone was, you know, not in their right space. We heard Coach Harbaugh. Cordell even say when you asked him about the fourth and one he mentioned the scheme and the execution so we're starting to hear scheme 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 it's coming up more Mm -hmm. you know often so 
you know, we know that Greg Roman typically starts off really hot when he's an offensive coordinator and he finds ways to cool down. So Greg Roman is at the point now where he's with his fourth season with the Ravens. If you look at his past, Cordell, you see he was with the 49ers for four seasons as well before he moved on to Buffalo for two seasons. And so we see this trend of Greg Roman having these fast hot starts and then eventually it comes up to Roman is not you know things need to be changed he's holding offenses back there were articles written about him when he was with the San Francisco 49ers so we're at year four season four with the Ravens the question bodes are we at the end of the rope for the Greg Roman offense and I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that yeah, I, I think we are. Um, I was kind of surprised that Greg Roman lasted this long. I, I thought that he I thought that he would be gone before Wink. And ultimately Wink was the one to you know to be let go before him. And uh I just feel like the Ravens have reached their peak with Greg Roman. I feel like Lamar has reached his peak with Greg Roman. Can either of us sit here and say that we believe that we'll see Lamar, the Lamar Jackson we saw in September at any point again this season. I don't feel confident about that. Um, I, I mean, we haven't even seen the Lamar from his MVP year in a while. And I'm not saying that that's all Greg Roman's fault. Obviously, I've talked ad nauseum about the lack of talent on the offense. Lamar needs weapons. That's not a Greg Roman issue. What yeah. is a Greg Roman issue, I think, is some of these play calling this clock going down late <clears throat> clock going down late at the uh uh for the play clock and it's resulting in borderline delay of games and sometimes getting delay of games um i think red zone play calling has been by far one of the worst things we've seen as part of this ravens offense in a while um they used to be able to score with their eyes closed in the red zone Yep. Well, they can't they can't do anything. And I think in large part is due to Greg Roman getting way too cute down there. Um, five wide is not who the Ravens are in the red zone. I don't understand it. Uh I feel like they should call more quarterback designed runs in the red zone. I feel like we should get more Devin Duvernay runs in the red zone. I feel like the past concepts, like you mentioned, Dan Orlovsky talking about them. It's elementary at best, at best. I've I've gone to quite a few Ravens games this year. I watch all of the Ravens games. There's there's no exotic anything in the past game. Nobody's the, like the separate. Let alone guys can't get much separation from the defender, but the spacing from the wide receivers is terrible out there. Mm-hmm. You have guys running routes in the same area. Um, it's just bad. And you're right. You, I asked Harbs about that fourth and one quarterback sneak, which was looked terrible. I thought he should have called a timeout. I, I wish he had mentioned that he didn't. Um, but to hear him continue to use words like it's a scheme issue, coaching issues, all that kind of stuff. I think he's fed up watching the game on Sunday. Everybody looked as frustrated as I've seen them in forever. Lamar is always frustrated after a loss. 
but I've never seen him that upset. Harbs during the game, they're putting the camera on him, and he's cussing people out on the headset. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy right now. And I think there's a lot of friction. And I think, I think Greg Roman has failed to evolve, right? Um, the NFL has become a very mobile quarterback-centric league. <clears throat> and you look around the NFL, it's no longer the situation where Lamar is like one of three. Lamar still his his own quality of player. You know, there's no other Lamar Jackson. I don't want to get that twisted. But the way you defend these quarterbacks is making it easier for defenses to be able to catch on to that because there are more mobile quarterbacks now. They face them uh, on a more frequent basis. So in that same breath, you have to, as an offensive coordinator, that's where your creativity has to come in. That's where you have to make it so playing the Ravens isn't the same as playing the Eagles, right? Right. So, um, and he just doesn't do that. You don't see any of that. The run game, sure, it has some ex- some creativity to it, but not in the red zone, not in the pass game. You have to be able to click on all phases, not just one area. And right now, Greg Roman is a one-trick pony, and I feel like they have all maxed out their potential with him. And maybe he has maxed out his potential with this team as well. Yeah, and I, I, you know, listen, when he came to be the offensive coordinator at the Marty Morning Wig, what he did for this team in 2019, we won't forget. But we are far removed from 2019. And I think that that's what we have to start coming to the conclusion of. I think that, I think, and the reason why he didn't get fired last year um, over Wink is because from a statistic standpoint, with all of the injuries that they had, they were still, you know, racking up yards per game and, and even um, being effective and to some degree, right? Uh, for instance, the Packers game, right? They put up 30 points in the Packers game. So you feel like, okay, well, imagine if they were back at full throttle what they would be doing it it, I don't think you let him go with what was going on what was with the talent last year because they had to do with what they what they could with the talent that they had based on all the injuries I think though that it probably should have still happened anyway and they should have moved forward because you want to start seeing some type of evolution from the passing game. We all know that Greg Roman is the running guru. He can he can scheme up any type of run concept. You know, we've heard about other teams using his concepts on their own, um, including the Chicago Bears for, for Justin Fields. So we know that he's great at that. From a passing perspective, um, I've always felt that – There's maybe too much freedom going on over there. And I've said this, I believe, on this podcast before. You know, Mark Andrews um, has the opportunity to run option routes. But I think that Mark Andrews has earned that right because of his relationship with his quarterback. You know, you trust Mark Andrews to know where to go, to how to fit himself perfectly in between the zones or, you know, in between coverages and, and be able to get open. Everybody else should not have that type of free reign. And I think in this offense, sometimes that's what happens. So when you see guys running in the same route 
together or, you know, being in the same area. I really, truly believe that that has something to do with it. I don't think that that's schemed like they he's telling two people to be there. But what I think is happening is, is that people that have the freedom to do option routes shouldn't have freedom to do option routes, Cordell. Some guys need to be told what to do. OK, and I don't know who those guys are. I just know that Mark Andrews and maybe Rashad Bateman are probably the only two guys you should be trusting to know where to go to find a soft spot in defenses. And everybody else need to be told what to do. That's why you can't be in situations that you were in, like the Jacksonville game. Also, I agree with you. You are in a position where we saw a couple touchdowns be dropped um, and. You know, I'm not even talking about the Mark Andrews one, right? Because that's unprecedented uh, in terms of that. But uh, you had Demarcus Robinson in the back of the end zone. There was an overthrow from uh, of Josh. I mean, not an overthrow, a high throw. Let me say that of Josh Oliver. But it, but you know, if if he's a wide receiver uh, of caliber, he catches that. He brings that down, and that's a touchdown. So there's also the talent issue. But my, the problem that I have with that is that what are you doing with the talent? There's no reason why Devin DuVernay is not more involved in this offense. You do not have anybody else out there. Why are we not seeing more of Devin DuVernay? Why are we not seeing more of even James Prochet? Look, you don't you don't have options here. So mm. whoever you got on this bench needs to be out there making plays. And it should be easy plays for these guys to get the ball rolling, whether it's in the flat, whether it's, you know, in, in, in some short yardage situations, something that doesn't necessarily mean that they're playing downfield because you don't have the personnel for that. In my opinion, Rashad Bateman is probably the guy he's on the bench. Deshaun Jackson is 35 years old. So the fact that we even have to rely on Deshaun Jackson at this point in the season is ridiculous to me. And so, you know, in the fourth quarter after the Jaguars scored, the Ravens aren't in any, in any position to really move the ball forward. And, you know, to me, what, what, what were they calling? And, and, and that's the part that I think frustrates me the most. I think that what, what Greg Roman came to do absolutely worked. And I think that he should be credited for what this offense has done in the past. But as, of, but as of right now, they have completely regressed. They look lost. Mm-hmm. And you have to start looking at your coaching for not putting guys in better positions to win football games, and that's the problem. I mean, it's this isn't new, you know. Right. You people flame out. You know, you you out you you outgrow people sometimes, and I think this is just one of those cases where Greg Roman, like you said, I don't want to take away from what he has done in Baltimore, even this year. I've, we both been on this on this podcast talking uh, a couple games earlier this season where we thought Greg Roman called a good game. So I'm not here to make it seem like Greg Roman has been flat out bad all year. But you watch these guys right now. You, it, it starts at the quarterback position. Once you lose your quarterback, you start losing everybody. And I just feel like right now Roman has lost Lamar. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I, I really do. I, I watched Lamar out there. He he has enough on his plate already on the field where he has to do everything for this team. Um, and I feel like his coach, his coach and Greg Roman, who calls the plays, 
doesn't help him out. He doesn't help him out. You Like you said, some of these option routes, especially in the red zone, it's almost – I mean, I watched – I didn't watch the entire um, uh, all, all, uh, all 22, but I watched enough, and I watched some of those red zone plays, and it literally looks like he's drawing plays up in crayon. Like he's just telling them to go out there and get open. Mark Andrews is the number one option, of course. And yeah. if Andrews isn't open, then okay, Lamar, you got to make something happen because nobody else is getting any separation. The play design isn't set up for them to get for anybody really, really to pop open. Uh, it's really set up just to hope that the defense falls asleep on Mark Andrews. It's mm-hmm. it's it's bad right now. Um, and I think for Lamar individually who's in a contract year big year for him he wants to be able to showcase all of what he can do um and Lamar hasn't been great this year he's been good not great um a lot of it is on him it's his own fault but a nice amount of it is also on Greg Roman not being able to put Lamar and his teammates in a position to succeed I completely agree. And I'm with you. I I definitely think that what we saw on Sunday and, you know, how he reacted on Twitter and and how he reacted in postgame is just him's frustration starting to boil over. And you wonder how this is going to affect this team down the stretch. They're not out of it. And we're going to talk about that later. Like we're going to talk about like you're technically still in first place. And it feels like the world is crashing down (laughs) because this offense is all over the place. Uh, But you know, look, whatever has to be done to get through the season and to, and to make a playoff berth, they have to find a way to get it done. What has happened in these past few weeks is not it. And somehow, some way, they're going to have to get creative and they're going to have to get Lamar to check back into this because it does feel like that he's frustrated and that he's, you know, tired of going through this and that he's over it. But once the season is over, Cordell, I definitely think this is something that the Ravens need to do. It's time to move on. This is a passing league. Do I believe that running backs are important? Absolutely. 110%. You will never hear me say that the running game is not important. But at the end of the day, this is a passing league. You need to have pass, good pass plays. You need to have good passing schemes to, to make defenders think twice about what it is exactly that they're going to do and who they're going to defend. And Greg Roman does not provide that for this football team. And I think that the Ravens need to find a way to move on from him in, in this offseason. Totally agree. So we'll see how this goes for the rest of the season. But as of right now, Lamar looks very frustrated. And um, as the Ravens turn, (laughs) as I like to say. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, guys, before we get to the next segment, make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Tribe podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to receive it. All right. We talked about 
Greg Roman specifically. But one thing that is really bothering this team is the fact that they simply cannot close football games. And we know that every game that they've lost, they've had a lead in in the fourth quarter. Um, some people will say, hey, the offense isn't doing their job. Some people will say the defense simply is just not doing holding up their end of the bargain because the offense are putting is putting the points up. Cordell, I'd like to know where you stand with this. Um, you know, do you think that this is an offensive issue? Are we back to saying Greg Roman just isn't doing enough in the red zone and this is why we're here? Or do you think that this is a defensive breakdown that they simply just cannot hold leads for their offense? I'm a little conflicted. I mean, this defense is totally different from the defense that they had when they collapsed against the Dolphins, collapsed against the uh, Bills fall to the Giants. They, 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 they're they a different defense right now. Um, they still, as a team, show the same type of flaws, though. When you look at each one of these losses, it's a lot of the same repetitive mistakes. Um, and this game in particular, I understand the defense gave up 18 points, gave up a touchdown on basically every drive of the fourth quarter other than one where they gave up the uh, the field goal off the Gus Edwards fumble. Um, that said, I'm still feeling like this is an this this game was on the offense. Even the fourth quarter meltdown, I feel like it's on the offense simply because it shouldn't have came to that. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't have gotten to that point to where you were fighting for your life at the end. Uh, their red zone struggles all the way from the beginning of the game to the end, Haunt came back to bite him. And really, the Gus Edwards fumble is what did them in. The Gus Edwards fumble. Yeah, buddy. That was nasty. Resulted <laughs> in the field goal. You know, you lose by one. It, it, it did. It, it, it sucks. It, that right there is kind of the a, was a game-changing play um, in my mind. And I'm not taking any responsibility away from the defense at all. Uh, I've always hated when I watch teams play so soft when they are playing with the lead on the final drive. I hate it. Um, but I also feel like these guys went into this game sleepwalking, similar to what they I thought they did against the Panthers. Uh, even though I, th I don't know if they necessarily overlooked the Panthers, I feel like the Panthers kind of caught them by surprise with how much better they actually were in person. This one... I felt like they overlooked these guys a little bit, especially once Travis Etienne went out. Um, and so this for the fourth quarter, you know, you're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. You're not forcing turnovers. You're letting them stay in rhythm. Um, that Those are defensive issues, but the offense putting the defense in bad situations, the Gus Edwards fumble again, that, that right there I think is is kind of what did them in late in the game. I definitely agree with you that the offense, look, you can't keep, keep kicking field goals, okay? That's unacceptable. And it, at some point, teams are going to find a way to get into football games. And the Ravens definitely struggled there. My problem, though, is that it really feels like this defense just cannot find a way to finish games when they're given big leads, and I, I just can't understand why. We saw Marlon Humphrey tweet after the game, you know, the defense, you know, can't lose football games for the defense. 
and you know 24 hours or whatever um he listen he is accepting responsibility it appears and that's the case look we already seen, should, i mean he wasn't even out there i know but, 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 <laughs> i mean but i mean i'm not mad at him but i'm just saying i mean yeah, but what about his teammates that was out there? Yeah, we already thanks. saw the numbers of Marcus Peters that was out there. I mean, Zay Jones, okay? Do people do not know who Zay Jones is, for Cordell, unless you really know football and watch football on a regular yeah. basis. You do not know who Zay Jones is. Why yeah. was J Zay Jones, of all people, having the day that he was having? I need some explanation. Christian Kirk, I could have understood because he was their big free agent splash that they had in the offseason. You know, uh, I think they have Marvin Jones as well. At least that's a guy whose name that we know, Zay Jones. I mean, really, right? And that says to me a lot about what this defense is doing. They weren't really getting to the the um the quarterback uh, that they like they have been doing in previous weeks. That was an issue. They, you know, look, they shut down the run. But from the passing perspective, they were just letting them do their thing. I don't know why you think that you need to go into any type of prevent on third and 21. But here we are. You did. And you got 16 yards, which made it a manageable fourth and five, which they converted. And eventually we know how this game ended. While everybody wants to sit here and argue about whether that's a touchdown or not, I don't even care because you know why? Why did we even get to that point? You had a third and 21. How did we even get to the point that you allowed them to get in a position of scoring a touchdown? That's what I have a problem with. There's so much money invested in this defense. And yet we're seeing, you know, listen, what, what are you doing on the back end? Clearly they miss Marcus Williams. Clearly we look the way that we talked about Kyle Hamilton and his slow start. He clearly was missed on Sunday. Because he, at least he's been making plays the last few weeks. Don't know what the rest of the guys minus Marlon Humphrey were doing. And I can't even blame Brandon Stevens per se. Because Brandon Stevens is going to be the easy pick. Nobody, Brandon Stevens and Marcus Peters are going to be the guys that everybody is going to throw to. You want to know why? Because they can get a good completion percentage against those two guys. So if the front seven is not putting enough pressure on the quarterback, then it could potentially be a long day for the Ravens. So I do have a problem with the execution of this defense and sometimes the play calling, because again, I do not believe in prevent. I think that it prevents you from winning every single time. Uh, but this is unacceptable. And I would love to know, like, how do these guys on this side of the ball feel? Like, you can't be happy about this when you know that even though the offense is, is not on their best game, at one point they were up 19 to 10. Yeah. How do you find a way to let that get past you and lose a football game? And to me, it's, it's completely unacceptable, even though the Ravens offense still struggled on Sunday. I think they lack focus at times. I think they fall asleep out there. I think they get complacent. They get comfortable. They start thinking, we're the Ravens. You're the Jaguars. You know, uh, we're just going to win because we're better. And that's not the way football works. You have to actually go out there and make plays if you want to win the game. And the Ravens didn't make enough plays on the defensive side of the ball down the stretch. They actually sat there and watched the Jaguars. I mean, it was happening in slow motion, you know, them going up up the field on that last drive. It really it, did feel like it was slow motion. It, did. <laughs> it, it, it was so it was so slow, um, and and methodical, and 
I mean, I mean, let me look at this last drive here. Uh, these were the plays. So they started off slow, had the incompletion of Zay Jones, and then Calais Campbell gets the sack. They Which uh, probably should have been a fumble, but whatever. Right. Here we are. Well, uh, according to this, they have it officially down as a fumble. They just have it that Jacksonville recovered it. Okay. Uh, so maybe they changed it. But after that, 16 yards to Christian Kirk, 10 yards to Marvin Jones. Incomplete to Zay Jones, 17 to Christian Kirk. Eight to Zay Jones. Then they get a false start. I mean, you you get a chance to get him to move back. Doesn't matter. Hasty one yards and then 29 yards to Zay Jones on the third. And 29 six. yards. You should be embarrassed. On the, on a third and six, you give up 29 yards. Um, Not to mention that third. I, I didn't mention that that 16 yard completion of Christian Kirk was on a third and 21. Third and 21. Yeah. And then they gave up 10 yards to Marvin Jones on the fourth and five. Um, and then the very next play after the Zay Jones 29 yarder is the touchdown to Zay Jones. Uh, I'm sorry, to Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones and Zay Jones got the two point conversion. Right. So, I mean, you didn't, you don't really take them off schedule. The sack would have been nice. I mean, third and 21, you can't ask for nothing better than that. I mean, third and 21, and you allow them to, you know, they're in four down territory and you give up. 16 yards on that play. I don't I I couldn't believe they went zone right there. Third and 21. That's a situation where I'm looking to probably go man to avoid giving them an opportunity to pick up a chunk play uh and have a fourth and manageable like they did. But they right. called zone on that third and 21 and Christian Kirk found the soft spot over the middle of the field and you know, from there, the rest is history. I, I'm i just surprised that the Ravens kind of laid down defensively on that drive. I felt like they Same. just gave it to them. They, you know, they just handed it to them instead of really trying to fight back. Um, and maybe their logic was, let's see if Trevor Lawrence will make a mistake. Well, he didn't. He didn't. He made him pay. Um, these fourth quarter issues, it's a problem now. It's no longer a one-off. We can no longer just say, oh, well, they had the collapse against the Bills or the Dolphins. Right, right. No. This is a thing. This it's, is it's this definitely is. a thing. It's um, definitely a thing. I think that they're going to be a fourth-quarter collapse team every game, but I do think you they're in a situation now to where we're at least going to wonder every fourth quarter that they have a lead, like, is this is this going to happen again? Are they going to blow it again? Um, and I think they're going to wonder that. They already told us that in the past. They have conversations on the sidelines about that. So yeah. it's in their head. Um, they got Denver coming up this week. We'll see what happens. But right now, this Ravens team, I, look, the Ravens are good enough to win games in the regular season. That's not right. what we're here to discuss. They're right. going to make the playoffs. You but, hope? I mean, you would hope. I still believe they're going to make the playoffs. I yeah. still think this is a 10-win team at worst. Um, but when I watch them, they don't strike me as a team that can sustain in the playoffs. I don't I don't see the Ravens almost winning a game in the playoffs, to be honest with you. 
And maybe they don't I'm have the personnel. They don't have the personnel, no. Cordell, to roll with the big dogs if they get they into don't. the playoffs. They don't. They do not have the personnel. Maybe on defense, you know, look, what maybe hopefully that they can find some way to get together because they do get some help back on the back end. But they don't have the personnel offensively. They can't. They couldn't even score touchdowns against the Jaguars. Right. What do you think that I think that they're going to do against a team like the Bills, who really are a top five defense? What right am I now, supposed to expect from them? Right now, they would face the Bills um, in the wild card. At least it would be at home again. But, I mean, they were at home earlier this season and lost to the Bills. So uh, that doesn't really bode well for them. But, yeah, you look at it. I don't I don't know, man. They, they just don't look like a team that can win when it matters um, yeah. uh, late in the year. I agree. And and so I agree. Look, both sides, both sides are, are to blame for these fourth quarter collapses. I think that's one thing that I think you and I both can agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, who we find to be more responsible on Sunday is, you know, debatable. But overall, it, both sides have to find a way. The Ravens have to find a way to score more points. The defense has to find a way to close games out. And that's the bottom line here. And, and if they don't do that, they're not going to win many more football games. That part I do know. <laughs> All right, guys, if you haven't subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast, I don't know what you're waiting for. Hit that subscribe button so that when every time we have a new episode, you will get a notification and you can listen to it right away. So the Ravens are still uh, projected. To make the playoffs, Cordell, despite everything that we're talking about, we don't feel like that things are going to change offensively, that this is who they are. Greg Roman is going to continue to be their offensive coordinator. They're still going to have struggles. This defense is still find, trying to find its way uh, to close up, help close out football games. And yet, uh, they are still projected to make the playoffs now as of right now they are tied with first place with Cincinnati although the Ravens right now have the tiebreaker do you think when looking at their schedules that the Ravens regardless of losing to a three and seven Jags team do you think that the Ravens are still in position to win the playoffs and if they are do you think that it will be with the division My bad, I was muted. Um, I, I I do think that the Ravens are still in a good spot to win the division simply because the Bengals have such a tough road to the end of the season. The Bengals take on the Chiefs this week, the Browns next week, both games at home. Um, then they go to Tampa, to New England, at home for Buffalo, at home for Baltimore. I mean, that's a grueling stretch for any team in the league to have to go through. Um, but I think that the Bengals are a good team. If you're, if I had to answer the question of whether I think that the Bengals, who I think is the better team between the Bengals and the Ravens, I think the Bengals are the better team right now. Uh, I mean, watching them go and beat Tennessee in Tennessee on Sunday without Joe Mixon, without Jamar Chase, that says something to me. That that earned a, a, a big deal of respect for me because could just comparing these two teams, the Ravens look like a team to me that has to have everything going for them. Like, you know, if a, everything, if, if, if everything team, has to be on the, yeah. on a hundred percent or else it feels like it's not going to yep. be a win. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if if one key guy is missing, then the Ravens will look like crap, you know. Um, and the Bengals just seem like a mentally tougher team, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I'm saying that. But they do. They just look locked in. You watch Joe Burrow after his press conferences and stuff. He looks he looks locked in. And you look back to last year, this was the time of year where the Bengals really started to come into their own. And I think that they're going to hit that stride again soon. But I'll give the edge to win the division to the Ravens simply because strength of schedule. I mean, I already talked about the Bengals remaining scheduled. The Ravens at home against the Broncos this week, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, at home for Atlanta, at home for Pittsburgh, on the road to Cincinnati. Now, what worries me about the Ravens schedule is that they have four division games of their last five games. Yep. That's going to be tough. Um, and three of them are road games. Yep. So, you know, the way that this team is looking right now, you can't just put anything in, in Sharpie uh, for them. I do think they'll bounce back against the Broncos. The Ravens haven't lost back-to-back games yet this season. They do a good job of moving on from a bad loss. Um, but, I mean, can they can they go to Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers? Sure, they can. I don't – I mean, I would expect them to win, but you just never know with that, with that rivalry. You know, uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Right now, the Ravens just look to me like a team that is riding on films, you know, yep. in terms of their season. They they don't look like a team that's building that momentum. And then, and, I mean, and we're talking about a team that just had a four-game win streak snap. So maybe I'm overreacting a little bit, you know. Maybe I am. But all it takes is that one game to take a lot out of you. And it just seems like this Jacksonville loss took a lot out of the Ravens. It, it might, you know, but also you what you hope that it did is put things in perspective that we need to put in extra work. We need to do something, you know, we got to do watch more film. We got to do something extra in practice. We got to come up with more plays. Some You would hope that it motivates them because they're not out of it. They're not out of the division. They're not out of the playoff race. If you're giving up now, then that says a lot about your team. That says a lot about what they think about their coach. It says a lot. And I think that this could be used as an opportunity to fix what needs to be fixed and try to do things that will help them win football games down the stretch. I'm not saying that the Ravens don't feel like that when they go into these games, they don't have, they don't think that they're going to win, you know, but clearly it ain't enough. So something needs to be done here. So what you hope is that, they have a what we I like to call a Tim Tebow moment. When Tim Tebow lost that game, I think that, you know they were a one loss team before they when they won that national championship. He got on that podium and said, you know, I will work as hard as anybody you'll ever see. And you know that that speech that we have to hear over and over again, like during SEC games. Leave it to you to find a way to bring up Florida. You daggone Skippy. <laughs> but listen, he was what I liked about that though was that. They had aspirations, right? They were projected to be national champions. So what they didn't do was allow that loss to have an effect on what they were doing and what their bottom line was. Sometimes you need to be kicked in the face, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. to be put back into reality to say, okay, so we keep being told that the schedule is soft and all this other stuff. Well, guess what? These dudes is out here playing too. 
they out here playing for their own contracts. They playing for their own asses. They playing for their, you know, their own livelihoods. So what is it that we're going to do to make sure that we're dominant against the teams that we're supposed to be dominant against? And I hope that a loss like that against Jacksonville will propel them to want to focus themselves more on what their bottom line is. Because at the end of the day, you are still in position to make a playoff run. I mean, the percentage is very high. And unless you have some type of major injury that's going to stop you from, from doing that, I think you got to take this loss, take it on the chin, get up, practice, work harder, and then, you know, make a run. And they could potentially do that. They just have to, they have to believe that they are in a position of doing that. And they have to believe that they're talented enough to do that down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, for that to happen, they're going to have to get over some of their de- their demons and their fourth quarter demons is really the big one. Red zone, another big one. Uh, pass offense, huge. Um, they could They could definitely, could the Ravens mess around and get hot? Sure. I mean, they've already won four straight. Could they go on a run and, and end up figuring it out by the play by the time we get to the playoffs? I don't know, but I don't. I'm not counting them out. I mean, I'm not stupid. You know, I'm I'm not going to count them out. This is still a quality team, uh, still in control of their own destiny right now. Um, but they have got to clean up a lot of stuff and. I want to say that this would be the game that will wake them up, but, I mean, why wasn't the Giants game the one that woke them up? Why wasn't the Bills or the Dolphins one the one that woke them up? I don't know. Uh, I just feel like they are who they are right now. They're not going to all of a sudden become a a, a juggernaut of an offense no. out of the blue. Um, they're not all of a sudden going to be a defense that puts a lid on your passing attack. You're going to be able to throw the ball on the Ravens. It just is what it is. And yeah. I think it's, I don't know if it really matters who's out there. I just feel like that's just what you're going to do. You'll be able to put up numbers throwing the ball. Whether you can score or not will be another story. Um, but this is a team right now that just needs to figure out how to win as a team on a regular basis. They know how to do it. They got to stop playing down to their competition. They've got to stop uh missing on big play opportunities. The big plays have evaded them all season. It was great to see Lamar hit on the deep ball to Deshaun Jackson, but they need more than just one big play a game. More yep. than one big play every two, three weeks. You yep. know, you you look at a team like the Bengals, they're getting like three of those plays a game. Right. <laughs> I mean you 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 get to the playoff time and you got to play teams like the Chiefs and stuff like that. Even the Titans will give you some big plays in the run game and in the pass game sometimes. So they're going to have to start having that happen on a more consistent clip. But it's good that they're still first place in the division and holding their destiny in their hands. Um, you just have to hope that this loss to Jacksonville is the one that really wakes them up. That's what I'm hoping, and I hope that, like I said, that it, it propels them to, you know, get themselves together and get focused about what it is that they want for the rest of the season because it, ultimately, you know, Lamar is still playing for his contract. 
And so he has to still do the best that he can. Even if you and I both feel that he's checked out from this offense, he still has money that he's playing for. So he can't really afford to do that. He has to play 110% if that's what he needs to do to win football games because he wants to, to be paid handsomely, which he should. And as a result, he has to still play for that. So what you're hoping is, is like the rest of the team, just feeding off of that, and then they just find a way to, to come up with a, a nice little run uh, before January gets here. We want to thank everybody uh, for listening. On Friday, we will have our preview on what we think uh, the Ravens will do Sunday against the Broncos, who will be in town. Hopefully, Cordell has some good news for us. I mean, yeah, I was on with you, Cordell, about the Jags game, we, but I was already feeling that way anyway. But you have been, really been the champ of this. So we really have to see how Cordell is feeling because it really boils down to what Cordell is feeling on that day when we record because that's what's going to happen on Sunday when Cordell tells yeah. us uh, what, what it is and what he thinks is going to happen. So we will find out on Friday what Cordell's thoughts are about the Broncos game and if he sees a win in the future for the Baltimore Ravens. So from Cordell to me, this is Women's Rides.